Amidst all of the ghosts and sexual fantasies and talking furniture of Cersei, what stuck with me the most after reading this chapter was Bloom's fantasies being important. And since there was no way I was going to talk about my sex life or sexual desires on this podcast, I'm asking myself instead to consider what are my delusions of grandeur and how do they compare to Bloom's? I was struck by how, as Lord Mayor of Dublin, Bloom decrees on lines 1367 to 68, better run a tram line, I say, from the cattle market to the river. That's the music of the future. This man is so obsessed with trams and transportation logistics. I just found it funny that he aimed so low with this initial taste of power. That's like me becoming mayor of Boston and instantly demanding that the green line gets updated. Although, to be fair, that'd be pretty great. I was also interested in the ways that people who've wronged him factor into this vision. On lines 1504 to 1507, he uses the royal we to announce that he is replacing Molly, his current wife, with a new bride. And later, on lines 1617 to 18, even the citizen, who made it clear that he views Bloom as an intruder in Ireland, says, may the good God bless him. Bloom's fantasies of power are at least somewhat shaped by the ability to get revenge on those who have hurt his pride. These two moments made me pause and wonder about my own motivations. Do I want to have a successful career so that I can provide stability for my family? Or so that I can be better off than some jerk from high school? Do I want to get in better shape for my health or to impress an ex? It's difficult to separate these sorts of things, seeing as they're probably buried deep in under layers of memories and negative self-talk. Bloom's dreams of power also extend to grand visions of change. On line 1459, someone calls him the world's greatest reformer. And right after that, on line 1540, someone else exclaims, he's a man like Ireland wants. These sentiments presumably stem from policies like these, from the end of a stump speech on line 1693, free money, free rent, free love, and a free lay church and a free lay state. Bloom's desire for these changes seems to be motivated largely by the recognition he'd get for them, and not just the end result, and I wonder, what good things do I do to seem like a better person? Do I truly care about the causes I support, or do I just hope that others will praise me for being involved with them? One final note. This chapter is actually where I started to feel really proud of myself for my journey through this book. No, I don't want a gold star, or a pat on the back, or a participation trophy, but it was long, and I diligently powered through over the course of three consecutive separate afternoons. There were times when I was frustrated and confused, even more times when I became slightly disgusted with the subject matter. But hey, I made it. And if I, this mess of a student who has no idea who he is or who he wants to be, can make it through this chapter, then I'm damn sure you can too.